On episode 117, we finally get to chat with chief meteorologist extraordinaire Brad Panovich from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, like you said, from the top down, you got to kind of be there. But the cool thing about working from home that I loved, it was not always good because I'll tell people uh, and people that work from home can, can attest to this. You feel like you're always at work. The Dark Web presents another potty mouth forecast, this time from Stephanie Abrams. We've got a new Titan U Minute, hashtag weather fools, and much, much more. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, special thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks for uh, supporting the show like Joey, Timothy, Dan. Thanks for uh, supporting us. And before we go ahead and get to uh, Brad tonight, it's always happy hour. And uh, when we record, it's it's a Great way to introduce you to the co-hosts that happen to show up tonight. We, we actually had some show up tonight, which is good. Uh, but it also lets you know we like to have fun and laid back and, and kind of having a good time. But uh, I'm going to find out what everyone's drinking tonight. Greg, I'm going to start start with you up in Canada. We well, got- you know what? It's a little bit of a departure for me this, today. I'm, I'm doing in my best boss ever mug, uh, coffee with Baileys. Oh, nice. Yeah. Keep it warm. Very good. There you go. Did someone give that to you or did you buy it yourself? Yeah, I stole it. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> All right, Dina, what are you drinking tonight? I'm just drinking a Michelob. You know, hanging out. Not very fancy. So it, it cooled off once the power turned back on at your house? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm almost halfway done with it. That's good. That's good. All right, uh, MJ, what are you drinking tonight? All right, we're back to the uh, Green Belt Northeast. It's a wonderful brew. Wow. Wait, what is that? Man. That was like a great what 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 kind of beer is that? It's an amber, amber lager. Oh, okay, I was gonna say. Okay. What's Jacob drinking? Yeah, what's Jacob drinking back there? I saw him. He didn't bring anything, he said. Oh, dude. Oh, come something. on. He's dude, waiting Brady, for you to Brady's take a break. not gonna do the interview afterwards. <laughs> yeah. It's calling it off. <laughs> it's calling it off. And Maz, Maz, what are you drinking, buddy? I was gonna have the Mick Ultra, but I've noticed I've started putting a few pounds on. So I'm just going to go with the water in my Nebraska Cornhusker uh-huh. Cup, of go. which we're not playing because Wisconsin is right. like, we can't play this weekend. Uh-huh. Like for too, too many out. sickos. <clears throat> All right, Brady, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I've got I've got a half marathon on Saturday, so I'm going light today. I'm going truly. Just discovered the uh, the lemonade, and apparently it's pretty good. So 100 calories. Yeah. Show, show me that it's open. Let me see the top. It. Oh, oh, it's open. Marathon. Oh, it's open. Okay, just yeah. okay. I drove to a marathon. Good guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maz. Uh, let's go ahead and bring Brad in. Awesome. Hey, we're excited to have Brad Panovich on tonight. 2003, Brad became the chief meteorologist at WCNC-TV in Charlotte, North Carolina. Prior to that, Brad spent time on TV in Dayton, just a stone's throw. In fact, I think we did throw some stones back then to Dayton. But uh, Traverse City and New Orleans, where he went back to cover Hurricane Katrina and Rita. Brad received his degree in atmospheric science from the Ohio, Ohio State, State University. Right what I want to know, Brad, yeah. what are you drinking tonight? What am I drinking? I'm actually drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper <laughs> from Chick-fil-A, uh, which is my 
my typical severe weather go-to place because it's close to the station and I'm in and out quick with the mobile ordering. So yeah, we were tracking uh, severe weather today with uh, uh, Zeta coming through here and then we had some strong storms tonight. So I've been babysitting the radar for a while. Is here. that the, like, do people know when you come in with that, uh, that, Food and beverage are like, oh, crud, there's going to be a yeah. serious storm. <laughs> it's funny. I, I have a nine and a 10-year-old, and when I don't come home for dinner, because I'm not that far from the station. I usually can get home in like 10, 15 minutes. So when I don't come home, they usually ask me the next day, Dad, was there a tornado? Because they know if there was bad weather, Dad doesn't come home for dinner. Right. Wow. <laughs> They're like, Dad, where's our Chick-fil-A? Yeah. yeah that, that's why I FaceTime with them tonight. My daughter's like, no fair. You went to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you go, and I enjoyed every bite of it. It was good. Top salad. <laughs> that's what I, I, I tried to eat. Uh, so, so Brad, do you get those calls from friends and family and the texts? Like, what should we know? What should we know? Whenever they hear the Tell tornado warning story. Yeah. It's, it, I, I, I laugh and this happens even with my Facebook followers and Instagram. They will DM me or PM me as if like there's some secret forecast that I'm withholding mm -hmm. until somebody private messages me. And I'm like, hey, I put everything out there. There's no secret forecast. Um, you know, and I have a bunch of people that say, hey, is there a tornado chance? And it's like, don't you think I would mention that in my forecast if there was a chance of a tornado? <laughs> um, I almost feel offended, like I'm holding back information. So, oh, um, Halloween. You got to do that. He's holding it for his Patreon members. He's on Halloween. Yeah, no. Mess with yeah, people it, on Halloween. Just, it just happens. I mean, I'm, it's weird. It, but my, my, my wife is like that. She'll say, all right, what's the real story? I think she kind of knows how the TV business works a little bit and how news will try to hype up things a little bit. And I'm, I'm the complete opposite of that. I'm usually the one kind of downplaying things because I want people to take the serious stuff serious. She'll, she'll ask me, is this a big deal? Should I worry about it? And she gets nervous when I tell her <laughs> this is a real deal. Like, mm -hmm. go clean the closet out, get the helmets ready. She knows there's going to be tornadoes. That's awesome. <laughs> so you got rotation yeah. tonight there? Is there what a rotation? What you, you got ask, some man? rotation going on on radar there, Brad? Yeah, so we had Zeta's remnants come through this morning, and we had a, only for the second time since they've issued these inland tropical storm warnings. We were under a tropical storm warning here in Charlotte. Um, the last time was 2018 when Michael came through the Florida Panhandle, and then it came up here into the Carolinas. Um, cause it was a cat five, those winds carried well inland. So we had just tropical storm winds there. That was all straight line. But tonight the cold front, the trough are swinging through and we had this little line of storms develop and they were low top supercells, you know, which are only storms that are about 15 to 20,000 foot tall, no lightning in them, but they were all showing signs of rotation. So, um, I was getting nervous because we've got a, a Thursday night football game going on right now. The Panthers and the Falcons are playing in uptown. So while there's not a ton of people at the game, there's about 6,000 people at the game and a lot of people tailgating outside that can uh, socially distance. So I was getting a little nervous here earlier that I might be doing a tornado warning during this. You got big staff, oh, a lot geez. of staff with you there tonight working? Not that much. We've got a couple people in the newsroom. I'm kind of all by myself here in the studio. Um, we're, we're like, I always tell the weather people we've been social distancing for 20 years because we're so far away from everybody. <laughs> we're all in the newsroom, which I kind of like because I don't like to be in there when all the yelling and screaming's going on. But we got two producers in there and two of our anchors and our directors. So I kind of went in there and gave them the heads up like, hey, we might got to, we might have to cut in. So they're just on standby. Give me more time. Give yeah, me more time. Yeah, sounds like sounds like there's some family problems there in the newsroom. What's uh, why all the <laughs> no, yelling? And to screaming? be a producer or anything, you have to yell. That's just well, the that's just yeah. the thing. 
it's crazy because um, I think because the assignment desk, it'd be better in the newsroom. Assignment desk is where all the scanners are blaring and you're listening to the police scanner, and the fire scanner. So if something happens, those guys have the scanners going in their ear. I don't think they know how loud they're yelling when they say, hey, we got a call or there's a there's a fire so and so. So they'll yell it across the newsroom. I mean, we have all this technology and we still yell in the newsroom to tell people mm -hmm. what's going on. But that's kind of the way it works in the newsroom. It's the old guys. What? They got to yell and they got to swear. I don't <laughs> yeah, know anybody else who doesn't. Yeah. For for being on TV, a lot of f bombs get dropped off camera yeah. in that newsroom. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Brad, we, we have a Brad, lot of f bombs get dropped here right on <laughs> the live show. So Brad, have you yeah. ever have you ever messed up on air? Have you ever dropped the, uh, the language that you shouldn't have? I, honestly, the worst thing I've ever said was crappy. Um, and, and I was referring to the weather in the Northeast. And I think because it was crappy weather, people were like, they thought it was great. They thought it was funny, but I did get a little just said wicked too. crappy. Yeah. And it was like a snowstorm or something in the Northeast. And I was just referring to the weather being pretty crappy up there. I, I was trying to, I think I wanted to say crummy and it came out crappy. And, you know, nowadays, I think that this was back in my New Orleans days. And I had a little talking to from my assistant news director, like, yeah, let's maybe not use that exact word wow. Com comes across really? better if you just say fucking crappy but hey i'm, I'm gonna go back in the, in the yeah, way back yeah, machine yeah. here a little bit we were talking earlier brad about uh, 2016 uh yeah. brady was at ohio state at the time and they were doing their severe weather symposium yeah uh you mentioned it was like their 10th anniversary uh, i was actually there as well and and uh, bettis was back and uh of course dr hobgood presented yeah. But I remember uh, you talked something about uh, forecasting and precipitation forecast accuracy and yep. how to how to do better with our perception to the general public. So they don't they better understand that it's not, you know, man, they get paid to be a weatherman to be wrong, <laughs> you know, however. So so I refresh our, my memory and, and tell us a little bit. What was your goal with that presentation, if you remember that? Well, yeah. Um, and is there a way to change perception? Can you really do it? Well, I think I think that's the coolest thing about being on TV. I mean, a little bit about my background, you know, my degrees in atmospheric science. I never in a million years wanted to be on TV. I'm one of those people. When I grew up, I saw the people on TV. I had some of my favorites, but I always thought the TV weather guy wasn't like a real meteorologist. <laughs> and so I didn't want to do that. I love the science of meteorology. And that's why my degree was atmospheric science. I never took journalism or communication or anything like that. I figured I'd be working for the weather service or going back and going to grad school or something. But at the time, uh, there was a hiring freeze and NOAA. So I couldn't get a job right away out of school, the weather service. So my buddy talked me into an internship at a TV station. So I got into this whole world of the TV business. And one of the things I thought I, I find fascinating about being on this side of operational forecasting is that the communication of the information is as important as the forecast itself. You can have the best possible forecast, nail it, but if nobody understands it or nobody receives that forecast, to me, that's the busted forecast still. It doesn't matter if we can all sit and pat ourselves on the back and go, good job, meteorologists A, B, and C, we nailed it. The public didn't get it. You're kind of failing at your job. So I think where that stems from is a lot of people don't really understand how the science of meteorology works. And so my goal in that talk was to talk about, hey, you know, we forecast the future, which I think sometimes people forget. We're literally predicting something that hasn't happened. And if you look at any stats, and I have a bunch of stats for myself, and even 
um, the, the weather service within the 24, 48 hour period, we're right over 90% of the time. I mean, think about that. We're literally predicting something that hasn't happened with 90% accuracy. And I was trying to equate it to other fields like baseball, an all-star baseball player is, you know, only hits the ball three out of 10 times <laughs> and they're considered awesome. Um, you know, malpractice for doctors and, you know, the mal I think the um, misdiagnosis rate for like cancers is like in the 60% range. Um, Stockbrokers are wrong like 80% of the time. So all these fields that people have respect for are um, wrong more often than us. And most of their professions don't include the fact that they're predicting something that hasn't happened. So I really wanted to kind of, you know, nip that in the bud and try to get people to understand like, hey, we're pretty accurate, but I also would put some of the blame back on our, ourselves is that the reason people think we're not accurate is we're probably not very good communicators of the forecast. And I'll just give you one example, the probability of precipitation, what we call pops or the chance of rain. I don't know a single person <laughs> who fully understands that in the public, and yet we use it pretty much across the board in every single forecast we give. And Brad, there's, it, with weather too, you've got so many um, pieces to that puzzle. Not only are you predicting precipitation, what kind of yeah. precipitation, at what yeah. time is this, how much is going to yeah. fall and where it's going to fall. So we've got, you know, it's not just a stock that's going to rise or fall. It's, yeah. it's a lot more of it than just that. And there's times, you know, when we're right, we're wrong. Like I always tell people, if I predict rain on the weekend and it rains, but that's when people want to be outside, they think you got it wrong because it rained on their outdoor activity. <laughs> so even when you're right, they think you're wrong because you got a negative outcome to something they wanted to do. Um, and the other thing we face is like, uh, I, I don't know about other fields. I think we might be one of the few fields. It doesn't matter what meteorologist says it, it applies to all of us. Like, right. You ever heard like, they say it's going to rain this week. And I always say, who's they? <laughs> Is that me? Is it an app? But it's like we all get lumped together. So if they hear the weather channel or their favorite app or a radio station or some other meteorologist, I pretty much have to assume that all those forecasts are my forecast as well, because I'll get blamed for forecasts I didn't even make. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're in the line of fire, though. That's that's who they want to yell at. Yeah, but I, well, I love it. And I think that's the cool thing about um, working in broadcast meteorology is the interaction with the public. It can be infuriating and frustrating at times, but it's also very rewarding. If there's, a, you know, social media sometimes can be this thing where we, oh my gosh, everyone hates each other. They yell at us. But to me, I'm always, I'm look for the positive. If there's one person that says, oh my gosh, I understand the dew point now because of Brad, or I understand what a duratio is because I watched Brad or listened to Brad. To me, that's where I love it. I love like teaching somebody something about meteorology and they walk away with a better understanding of our atmosphere. That's that's the cool thing about doing broadcast meteorology that I don't think I would necessarily have in another operational field of meteorology. Yeah. Brett, Brett, I got, I got a quick question. So, and I, I've seen a lot on Twitter about some working from home. Like I'm just super <laughs> interested, like what is COVID-19? What the heck has oh. that done to broadcast meteorology? And like, what's your situation? Are you in the, are you in the studio? Do you have a studio at home? Yeah. Like. That, a, that is such a good question because I'll tell you, it's been crazy. Now, anyone who follows me on social media knows I'm I'm very active and I pretty much had the work from home setup going on for years because I kind of built my own little studio at home to do uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter updates. And I would do it any time of day. So 
actually when COVID hit and the station started thinking about Maine, we have to send some of our anchors home. Um, Brad, can you test your shot out? I tested it out day one and it worked fine because I had fiber at my house. Mm -hmm. I had lighting, I had mics, I had everything. I was ready to roll. So I was the first one sent home and I stayed home for two months. Um, and then I came back to the station um, and I've been back at the station since May, but my weekend meteorologist just came back in the, in the last two weeks. Um, and some of our anchors, only two of our anchors are here right now. Everybody else is working from home. All the reporters and photographers, none of them are allowed in the building period. Um, our whole sales staff is not in the building. Most of our managers aren't in the building. It's like a ghost town in here. Uh, right now, this is the most that we've had in the building. I think it's like nine at one time. Um, so it's it's really weird, but it's it's been good and bad for our industry, I think, because we've learned how to do things that we probably should have been doing years ago um, with being able to use technology to our advantage. The cool thing now is because everybody has Zoom, Skype, uh, Microsoft Teams, some form of telecommunications. You can get interviews with anybody now like that because you can just say, hey, I'm going to give you a Skype link or I'm going to send you um, an email and we will bring them on the air. So we're able to interview more people. And now that my boss knows I can go live from anywhere with my phone, I can basically pop my phone up and broadcast from anywhere now. In fact, one weekend we had an earthquake uh, down here in North Carolina back in August, a 5.1, which is pretty big for our area. Um, it happened on a Sunday morning. I was off. I was on the air within five minutes from my office as soon as I got out of bed because of what we're able to do now. It's it's pretty amazing. Wow. If you're working from home, you don't need a clothing allowance or pants. <laughs> 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 yeah. The, the I was just saying, yeah, the nice I want to wake up and wear my pajamas. You can't. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, like you said, from the top down, you got to kind of be there. But the cool thing about working from home that I loved, it was not always good because I'll tell people uh, and people that work from home can, can uh, attest to this. You feel like you're always at work, right? Because yeah. you're always at home. You can't get away from it. And especially early on in COVID, when you literally were locked down and nothing was open, you couldn't go anywhere. You were stuck at home for 12 hours and pretty much you were on call the entire time. So it wasn't the greatest thing in the world at first, because as much as I love my job, it's like you never left it. You're just living it 24 <laughs> seven. But I did like being home immediately after the late news. I'm not having to drive home. I could literally be done with the news and just go to my bedroom or you know, go, go grab a beer and watch TV for a little bit. I didn't have to worry about driving home. That was cool. When you're working from home, how do you get the next rat on the roof? <laughs> <laughs> That, you know, the biggest wow. challenge has been uh, using VPNs and kind of remoting into our graphics system. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, I've been doing Whoa, 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 whoa. VPN. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this, this, this is I'm not complicated. This is mainstream. It's this is not complicated, here. guys. Come on. Yeah. The virtual oh. personal networks. You know, people basically, it's security to log into. So we use a thing called Splashtop. And I've been using it for years on my phone to do live shots from like golf tournaments or like festivals or whatever. And so that's why I said we were pretty much ready to go. And I could log in and do my graphics and switch them in real time from my phone. Um, and we were just doing that at home. It does help to have multiple monitors set up, you know. And being a former reformed gamer, um, I actually had a pretty good gaming rig set up with three monitors at home. So I could have all my graphics up, the feed from the station, my camera, my lights, and I could do everything at once. So it was, it, it's been pretty cool to, to do that from home. And that's why I said the cool thing about the COVID, and if there is anything good about it, is we've learned a lot of cool technological advances that we can use now to make our jobs easier when things get back to normal. What was your game 
Are you a Dungeons and Dragons guy? No. Um, wow. Battlefield, man. Oh, oh Battlefield was oh, yeah. great. Nice. The whole <laughs> Battlefield series. Back to the 1942 and the Desert Combat mod, and then all the way to Battlefield 2. I loved Battlefield. That was our jam here at work. <laughs> Brad, you're going to have to get into There's a storm chasing game coming out, right, Phil? We were, yeah, we were supposed yeah. to play that one day on um, on Steam. We were going to play it and like do. we were going to stream it just for our viewers to see me and the weekend guy playing. Um, and COVID hit, and we never got to it. But I would love to play that game. Yeah, we had those guys on the podcast. They were a lot of fun. It seemed like what they were doing was pretty cool. So they're they're actually they're coming back uh, in December because it's supposed to be um, their version is supposed to be released. I know, Brad, you might be mentioning there there was something that came out uh, probably a year ago or so. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That 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 I was kind of aware of, but but this one they've been working on for a while. And and uh, hey, Dan, you got any questions for Brad? How many uh, hurricanes have you tracked? Oh, man. In your history. Okay, so you guys mentioned about me going back to uh, New Orleans for Katrina. That was the year I got I was done with hurricanes. So I was in I was in Charlotte for two years after I left my station in New Orleans. Now, we're owned by the same company. That's why I actually went back. I was going to help them out, and they were short-staffed. So I actually rode out Katrina in the, the Hyatt Regency Superdome, and I stayed there for two weeks. I came back for a week. Two back, weeks? Yeah, because they were wow. short-staffed. So I basically, I was on loan to them. And 12-hour shifts, it was crazy. It was it was, it was, was defining experience of my meteorological career because it was just one of those events. You know, you just, I don't ever want to cover anything like that again. But that that season, I covered Rita uh, two weeks after that. I stayed there another two weeks. And then the station thought, hey, Brad, you're like Jim Cantore. We're going to send you to <laughs> Fort Myers, and you're going to cover Hurricane Wilma for us in NBC News. And so they flew me to Fort Myers and I covered Wilma. So in the span of like three months, I covered three of the strongest hurricanes to ever hit the U.S. Oh my and I was, I was just done with hurricanes after that. So my time in New Orleans, I covered probably 12 tropical systems. And then since I've been in the Carolinas, I've covered probably about 25 more. Oh, my um, God. The, the wow. difference here is our systems in the Carolinas, it's all flooding, freshwater flooding. Yeah. Matthew, Florence, Joaquin. Um, down there, it was storm surge. Obviously, living below sea level mm. is like everything. When I when I work in New Orleans, this is the joke I tell everybody. There's only two seasons: summer and hurricane season. Those are the only mm. two seasons in New Orleans, and that's kind of the one of the reasons I left <laughs> because I missed four season climate and forecasting all four seasons. So, Brad, do you have that like classic shot? of the weather guy holding the mic, yeah. leaning into the wind, <laughs> you know, and you're just getting pummeled by water and debris. Well, you know, the funny thing is Wilma was the one where um, we, back then we weren't doing live shots because uh, it was hard to get the dish to line up in, in the wind because it would move out of alignment. So we would tape these quick sure. little look lives and we would feed them back, right? And we were feeding one back. I was out doing one of those things, Craig. And when we go back to the truck, we're slowing down the video. I'm like, hey, slow it down. My photographer was uh, doing the video. And I said, slow it down. A two by four was flying no. by my head and had missed me by like five feet. And I said, you know what? That's it. We're done doing those live shots. Yeah. And thought, yeah. And that to this day, that Wilma is the strongest winds I've ever experienced first. What was that? A, a four? or what was It was Wilma? a five at one point. But when it came ashore, it was like a four. And the funny thing is it hit about this time in October. Because I remember the day after it hit, it was so cold in Southern Florida. This cold front came blasting through this big trough. And it was like in the 50s down there. And it was nice because everyone didn't have power. They were taking all their clothes and drying it out outside. And. <laughs> um, cooking outside it was just so weird uh wow. be, be in florida for a hurricane and then the day later it was like it was like frigid it was cold 
Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. But hey, uh, it's good. It's time for a break. Uh, we'll be right back and we'll have more from Brad and our lightning round. So stay tuned. Tornado Titans is where we capture incredible skies and we teach you to do it too. It's coming right for us. Get ready for the Titan U Minute. Hey everyone, it's Sanner. I've got a bone to pick with storm lovers today, which brings me to today's topic, weather models. Now look, I get it. Forecasting is way easier these days thanks to weather models and how available they are to the general public, but there are limitations to what models can truly do. It's easy to get wrapped up in what models are saying, so much so that you might miss out on what is otherwise a pretty easy forecast. So today, I want to talk to you about a couple of ways you can supplement models to get a good idea about what will be later today. First off, make checking surface observations a part of your morning routine. It seems obvious, but knowing what is will help you decide for what models we're saying when they are modeling what could be. Models oftentimes miss important details and surface ops that can make or break a chase day. Another thing to keep a constant eye on is satellite. Unless there is thick, serious, and rest in peace to your chase day if so, satellite images are a great way to keep track of storm development up to a couple of hours before the first raindrops form. Often, in the areas of greatest convergence along boundaries, you'll see the first signs of storm development pretty often. And lastly, something I always do is check out the morning soundings across your target area. These will always let you know how stout the cap actually is, and sometimes you'll even notice models changing their outputs pretty dramatically based upon what these soundings are saying. Models are as only as good as the data being ingested into them, after all. We have a lot of educational materials on TornadoTitans.com. That's TornadoTitans.com. Come check out Titan U, where you can learn all about storms, storm spotting, and you can watch us chase from the comfort of your home. Visit us at TornadoTitans.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're with Charlotte's WCNC TV's Brad Panovich. Brad, I've, I've got a question for you that's not entirely related to weather. Um, but but So you're a, re a regional meteorologist. And you, you've really got a strong social media following, which I think is sometimes hard when, you know, when you're regional. Yeah. So my, my question is really, how do you think you're able to accomplish that? What do you feel you're doing that maybe gives you a, a stronger presence when you're regional like that? That's a great question. And people and all these social media people in my company ask me all the time, like, how did you get this many followers, Brad? Or how do you, And I honestly say, I don't honestly know, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I, but I do have some ideas. I think the thing that drove me to social media and you guys might remember this back in the day, you remember all the, the, the discussion weather forums and there's still a lot out there like American weather forums and Eastern us. Those were like the places you could geek out as a weather guy, right? That was like, you go talk shop. Um, and so when social media became a big deal in like 2008, 2009, Twitter started coming onto the stage. I signed up on Twitter and I started talking about, like kind of the nuts and bolts of a winter storm. And people started gravitating to me like, oh my gosh, here's a guy who's actually talking about like, you know, why are we going to get snow or not get snow? And it just was like an outlet for me at first to kind of geek out for, because, you know, on TV, you only have like two, two or three minutes to talk about the weather. It's not enough sometimes. So social media was an outlet for me to talk about other things. And what happened was just people started, you know, word of mouth, like, hey, here's a weather guy who, answer your questions about, you know, why, you know, why is it raining here and not here? And 
So it just kind of took off. And the other thing is I, I was always passionate about weather. So I would be on social media posting stuff when I'm not at work. I think that was like the big thing at first. People are like, oh my gosh, it's the middle of the night, Brad's posting. It's early in the morning, Brad's posting. It's the weekend. It's like, I was just always posting about weather. So I kind of knew what I was. I was a weather geek and I was going to kind of play that role. And it just kind of was successful. Um, and I think that's the one thing I would tell people. The way it works out is if, if it's something you love and you talk about it and you stick to that, I think people will gravitate towards you. Plus when your producer only gives you like two minutes to do weather, you know, like <laughs> I need more time. I'm going to yeah. do it on social media. Well, you know, and, and we work, the thing is in my business, we, you know, I, I'm on the air at like four, five, six PM and then 11 PM. Well, the weather doesn't happen on that schedule, right? It happens whenever it wants. So that's a way for me to post about weather information happening on people's time. And so I think, um, it's really kind of taken off, especially the way people live their lives nowadays with a smartphone in their hand. And, um, that's where they get a lot of their weather information. And you kind of have to come with grips. Like some people aren't going to watch you every day on TV. That's just not the way people operate. If they can watch you one or two times a week, that's like a major success. But if you're their source for weather information on social media, when something does hit the fan, they're hopefully going to click to us and be, you know, be, be watching us. So that's kind of the way I look at it as a way to kind of market yourself and, you know, as the weather source in your community. And then they can flip the TV on. The good news is we are making more money on digital now than we ever have. So, you know, in the future, it probably will be more geared towards that and less on the broadcast side. Are they cutting back on robotic cameras? I'm looking over your left shoulder and I'm like, <laughs> that's not a robotic camera. It actually is, but it doesn't move. The tripod is stationary, oh, okay. the head moves. So what they've done is they have locked down positions and the camera pans and tilts and zooms in, zooms out to get the shot. So um, it's just so, cause laying tracks and moving around just causes more issues. So they have them kind of more locked down, but yeah, there's, yeah, before COVID there wasn't anyone in the studio directing. Everything was automated already. You had to listen and um, through your earpiece to know where, what camera to look at. So yeah, they're, they're, it's it's come a long way. But, hey, Brad, uh, back to back to the social media yeah. thing. Have you ever and and listen, Phil? I hope I'm not giving anything away right here. But uh, have you ever lost it on anybody? Have you ever like had that like troll mm. that just like you're just like ah, and you and you'll lose it and you or you're just not that guy. I tell them to shut their pie hole. Yeah. Probably early on, there might have been a couple times, but you kind of now I'm kind of savvy about how these trolls work. Point is, they want you to react to them. Um, but there's one thing I do, I, I won't, I will not let people cross the line when personal attacks, like you, you, when you work in meteorology, you're used to people saying, you suck, you can't forecast the weather, where's the rain? That's just par for the course. But when people like personally attack you or like your family or think you should be fired or laid off, that to me is a little, little odd. And the other thing is when people attack other people that follow me, you see a lot of that, like, you know, people will start you know, you know, being derogatory towards some of the people that are commenting on a post or tweeting at you. So I, I try to hold my tongue and I'm one of those people where I, you know, I'm, I'm better off just muting people or deleting them or blocking them and just moving on. Um, but it is difficult at times, especially in the political climate we live in. It seems like you can't post a picture of a cat or a dog and somebody will go off on some political rant and you're like, what the heck does that have to even that do with That dog was wearing a blue collar. No, it was yeah, a red collar. Like, I have no idea know? what you're talking about, Brad. It's, it's crazy. It's like, I can't even post like the high temperature anymore without getting into some debate on climate change. It's like, oh, you know, I, I was just posting the high temperature for today. And so, 
Well, hey, Brad, I, I did notice that you posted your car getting broken into yeah. and that that was televised on the show and yeah, everything so else. What's that about? my car got broken into. And I, I have a lot of cameras in my house, not so much for security, just because I like having cameras to see like weather and stuff when I'm not at home. Um, yeah. And I caught a guy breaking into my wife's car. And uh, oh. so I, re I reported it and the, the stage is like, hey, can we use that video? Because it was pretty clear vid video. And um, you know, the guy, it's just a typical thing. They just they break in the car looking for GPS or phones or something they can flip really quick. But um, yeah, that they make, actually made it on TV. So every once in a while. <laughs> Did they catch them? I don't know um, if they caught him, but you know, it was kind of eerie because the guys had masks on because <laughs> oh. he, right, he looked right at the camera and knew it was on and he knew he had a mask on that nobody, and he had his hood up so nobody could identify him. So I'm like, these guys are, and they were very sneaky, man. They wouldn't like slam the door. They pushed it real gently oh. so it wouldn't set the alarm off. So they, they were professionals. They knew what they were doing. Brent, <laughs> how many, how many cameras do you have in your house? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like inside or like, <laughs> which, which rooms? <laughs> They're all outside. Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, well, you are, you are a self-proclaimed like tech yeah. geeky, oh. right? Like you're, you're geek out on the tech stuff. What, tell, what, what's your, what's the latest uh, cool tech thing you've got or you're putting on your Christmas list this year? Man, well, I just got the iPhone 12 Pro. That was like the big thing. I got it just the other day. So I'm like all geeked out. I got the blue one. So, um, I, I, you know, camera technology, I'm, I, and my wife hates it, but I, I love cameras. Um, I have a DSLR. I have um, a lot of DJI equipment. I'm into drones big time. I'm, I'm on my third drone. Um, no and, kidding. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I really, I like photography. Wow. I'm not the greatest photographer. I'm not going to claim I'm the greatest one, but I just love getting that vantage point, um, from a drone. It's just amazing to get those views. So, I mean, I, I'd say 90% of the time what I do with my drone is when I know there's a storm coming in or it's a great sunset, I just throw that thing straight up in my backyard at 300 feet. <laughs> and I love getting pictures of storms coming in or getting a great sunset, um, or, you know, flying over storm damage. So it's, uh, that's probably my vice right now as far as uh, the technology. It's definitely been drones and cameras. How, how are the cameras on the drones now? Oh, I mean, where are those at? It's amazing. The 4K uh, quality. And, and you know, I, I always use filters, ND filters on them to help you know make the quality a little bit better. Um, it's amazing how small that camera is and the quality of the video and stills that you get. But to me, what's amazing, I had one of the first DJI uh, drones. And there was a learning curve in flying those things. You had to kind of know what you were doing now. I mean, these things fly themselves. They're impossible to crash. I got the, the latest one, that I the Mavic 2 Zoom, and I had it follow my kids around the yard, seeing if it would run into a tree or a house. It didn't. It would All this avoidance <laughs> technology, it was just crazy uh, that I could go the, under What's trees. the brand? Or brand, yeah. Brad. <laughs> what's that? The brand. Like, what's a good one? DJI is, they're, they're the standard holders. Um, they just have the best drones and they now have the best camera technology. When they first started, they just did the drones and you put GoPros on them. Now that they've built their own cameras, uh, the, the combination of their camera and gimbals, which is the thing that steadies the camera is just first class. And then their, their drones are, and they're just getting so much smaller now. I mean, I just can't believe how small they are. Um, you know, the size of a cell phone, you could throw the thing up in like five seconds and get an aerial shot. So wow. Um, so it's these amazing. are much more stable. Like I bought one for the kids. You could put it, it had a camera. The thing, they hit it once. It went up, it went into the <laughs> woods and they couldn't find it for an hour. It disappeared. Yeah. yeah. The DJI ones, they, they, they will come back home automatically. They're kind of hard. to <gasps> Really? Lose. Yeah. So like if they get, if they lose low battery or they lose signal, they will automatically return to their launch location. 
Wow. Don't be on a boat on the lake. That except I when you say that, Greg, because I did that. I launched it from a boat by accident one time instead of putting it. I put it, I should have put it in manual mode, right? And it it I, we got out of range and it tried to go land back in the water where our boat was. <gasps> <laughs> and oh, I said, turn around, turn around, turn around. Oops. Um, <laughs> I had to retrieve my drone from the bottom of the lake at my oh. parents' cabin. So oh, yeah. Was it salvageable? Would you save it? Well, I got it. It's never <laughs> flown since. But, uh, the funniest story I have with a drone, and this is the only time I've ever really almost crashed it. I was launching in my backyard to do like a, a, a sunset. I got up about 100 feet and a red tail hawk came out of nowhere and was like, Aah! and came down and attacked it and <gasps> hit the front of it with its talons and the propeller stopped on the talons. And it flew off and it got out of control. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's going to crash in someone's house. I finally got control of it, landed it. And it was my first drone. It had two big talent marks where it tried to grab the front of the drone. <laughs> there must have been a nest or something nearby and it thought it was a threat. So it came out and tried to attack my drone. Well, one of our, one of our regular viewers, Garrett Beverly, who's uh, often uh, commenting and listening in, he had a drone in Virginia um, just this a few weeks ago and uh, a barn owl. Uh, destroyed it in the middle oh. of the like he was he had lights on it and he was going up and he was lighting things from above and yeah and uh, barn owl took it out destroyed it yeah it, it yeah. scared me to death because I just I'm so nervous I was gonna wreck and crash into someone's house and they're like whose drone is this oh it's the weather guy's drone you know so I was just <laughs> I was okay. why is he looking in my window <laughs> legit I have FAA registration on there and so it might you know my 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 registration's on there my phone number so if someone finds my drone they're gonna know it's mine so I I do everything by the book so I was really nervous that was gonna happen when that got attacked by the bird so to this day i'm still like man that bird freaks me i always look for birds when i'm taking off now are any of these like uh, all right i'll wait yeah <laughs> you gotta wait on that because that's the sound it's time for a lightning data. round uh so this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions that we get to play with our guests we always invite everybody to go along and, and play with us especially our patreon members on the live chat um but what what we're gonna do so so brad we talked about your love of tech and, and geek geeking out over stuff like that. We're, we're going to play a game called You Had One of These. You Had One of These. So I'll be honest with you. What we're going to do, I'm actually going back. We're, we're going back in time a little bit. And I picked from every decade starting in the 1950s. So you probably didn't have one of those. Your parents maybe did. But uh, I'm going back in time. And every decade, I'm going to give you a year. And I'm going to kind of tell you a little bit about what the the machine or gadget was, and your goal is to tell me actually what it is. Okay, what what was it that was released that year? Or was a big thing, and if you don't get it, I'm going to turn it over to the freaks, and and they get to try and figure it out, yeah, uh, and it. and we'll give them the points, right? Yeah, we, we never get it, so <laughs> they never get it. Yeah, it's true. You'd be safe. I, I will say this though, uh, M. You get you got MJ on your side, and and he's known as Gadget Man, so you never know. All right, what happened? But here we go. So the first one, we're going back to the 1950s, Brad. So jump in your uh, hot tub time machine. 1958, <laughs> a machine that can translate data, revolutionize communication, and pave the way for the internet. What was that? Wow. Um... In 1958. 1958. Translates data. Yeah, is it a punch card reader? 
some kind? That is incorrect. Uh, Freaks, flipping it over to you. Any ideas? Computer? Cell phone. Walkie-talkie? Cell phone. How old are you, Brady? Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure, to be honest. Supercomputer. No, none of that. Wow. Uh, It was the modem. Remember that? Wow. Wow, that first modem. 1958. All right, here we go. We're jumping to the 60s. 1967, Brad. Okay. Texas Instruments released this. It was the first model that could fit in your pocket. Calculator. Yeah. The handheld calculator. Very yeah. good. All right. I'll give you five points for that. because <laughs> we, 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 I just transferred the points from the last one, so I'll give you those. All right. 1979, Brad. Uh, this was invented uh, by Notion Oga. This was the first way to privately listen to music on the go in 1979. Ooh, I know that one. That was the Walkman. You were correct. Brady played a a cassette tape that had tape, like like put music on the tape. I think I had the yellow one that was like the sport one. So it wasn't on your phone? Oh, yeah. The music wasn't just magically on your phone? That's weird. Not then. All right, Brad, 1989. This unit was released and became one of the best-selling video game systems of all time in 1989. 89. Oh, that's Nintendo, right? Yeah. Nintendo what? Oh. Oh, he's getting specific. Nintendo 64? What? That is incorrect. Freaks, 1989. Yeah, that's one of the best-selling video game systems of all time. GameCube. I I wanted to say Nintendo. No, the too. little handheld. Atari. Atari. All right, I'm not giving it to you. Uh, it was the Nintendo Game Boy. Game Boy. Oh, Game Boy. Kind of caught you. All right, we'll just move those points over to this one. 1996, Mr. Panovich. This entered the market as a challenger to both the VHS and Laserdisc. What was this in 1996? Ooh, that oh, was beta, right? Nope. No. No. Oh. That is incorrect. Great, DVD. Great, great, great. DVD. That was a DVD nice. player. Freaks get the five points on that. Oh. Yeah. Did you know Twister was one of the first movies ever released on DVD? Yep. Yeah, In 1996. Yeah. And it was it was the last movie released on high definition DVD. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That was like the beta of the the DVD era. All right, two more. 2001, though not the first of its kind, Brad, this unit released by Apple changed the way we listen to music. Oh, iPod. The iPod. Very good. I'll give you 10 on that one uh, because I'm feeling generous. And then last, uh, this is for all the bucks. In 2014, this voice assistant paved the way for many competitors. Alexa. Cortana. Another one. Not Cortana. Not Cortana. I think you just enjoy pressing that button, Phil. I, know it. I don't I think know. there's actually a right answer. No, it was the Amazon Echo. Really? Oh. Amazon oh. Echo. Yep. All right. Yep. So, all right. So, uh, so Brad, I think you still won. You got like 15 points compared to five or something like that. He's awful. Those points. So he's the big winner. Big winner.
All right, uh, do us a favor, Brad. Let uh, let everybody know how they can add to your already massive total of social media followers. <laughs> I make it super easy for people to follow me. I'm at WXBrad, which is Weather Brad. So on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Snapchat. <laughs> wow. I'm on all those. You can find me on all those. And I keep it the same because it's easy to find me. So one, one handle, WXBrad, that's where you can find me. That's your secret. See, all right. Yeah. See, we go by Stormfront Freaks. That gets to be a little long, I think, is probably yeah. the problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you're a TikToker. That's surprising, too. Yeah, it's funny. The TikTok story is um, kind of interesting. I used to do a lot of school talks before COVID, and I would go to these middle schools, and they wouldn't ask me what channel I was on. They wanted to know what my TikTok was. <laughs> really? I finally got a TikTok. And I give them shout outs on TikToks. And I got all these middle school kids following me because I give them a shout out on TikTok. Wow. All right. You got you got two Smart TikTok man. videos on your account. Smart That's man. good. Yeah. All right. We'll tell you what, it's time to start putting your holiday list, uh, wish list together with all your favorite weather geek faves. So go to helicity.co. They have a huge selection of weather themed merchandise, including Stormfront Freaks shirts, mugs, face masks, and stickers. Go to helicity.co and click on the Brands tab to find all your Stormfront Freaks favorite. We're going to go ahead and uh, take our final break. We've got hashtag WeatherFools, and the dark web has given us another wonderful potty mouth forecast. So uh, that's all coming up next. Stay tuned. It's Ginger Z from ABC News, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. Back to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Pour yourself another drink because we have the best part of the show coming up. It's Weather Fools. What is Weather Fools for our first-time listeners? Well, us as the freaks, we're going out on the internet, the dark web, as Phil calls it, wherever we're looking for a video, a tweet, or or just a picture of someone that just did something downright stupid, and it deals with the weather. So, Phil, I understand you have a Weather Fool this week. Who is your Weather Fool? Uh, I've got a couple. So first off, uh, both of them are on Twitter. We're going to uh, WX Chasing Brandon Clement. Uh, he, this one was sent to us a little while a while ago, but uh, this was when Baton Rouge was going through some uh, massive, massive flooding issues. But here's some hatchback what the that heck? for some reason thought they'd give oh, it a go. No, keep going under the bridge. Oh. <laughs> he's got it. Oh, he's got it. He's no. got it. Wait, wait. Oh. When you go into and, us. And of course, the, yeah. the, the tweet says, will it float, question mark. And <laughs> the answer is yes, it floats. Wow, it is floating. You know, here's the funny thing you're, you're going to see shortly while it's floating in, it? in the underpasses. Someone shows up in the screen oh, there and wades out, wades out to help him out. And what's mm -hmm. funny is he's actually going to grab the car and start pulling it back Just to shore. It back. There you go. Just like, wow. <laughs> Just like your boat. <laughs> Wow. I wonder how much water is that? in the car. 
So why I don't know why you why you would do why that. Would why would anybody would, do well, that? You know, maybe maybe he want he's always wanted a boat his whole life. Oh, don't put the he's door. Now he's got water in it. Yeah, there wasn't water there then. There is now. So jeez, oh, wow. Well, good thing he got out safe. Yeah, that's uh, we're we're nearing the end of of watching our watching the clips of people driving into the water because we're nearing winter. Hopefully, that's true. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll you know I won't jinx myself here, but Phil, I understand you have another one. I do have one more. This uh, again is from Oklahoma Highway Patrol, uh, and this was a this was a while back as well. But this happened in Greer County, and they have pictures of of the flooding and everything that that happened to be going on at the time. But unfortunately, there was also a school bus that oh, went boy. where it shouldn't have gone. And, uh, <gasps> Look at the water up the door. Caught in the water up the oh, door. And there was two students still on the bus. There you can see the water is going down the aisle of the bus and the, the students bus are in the back. Somebody's for employment. Yeah, somebody's yes, out of a job. For a job. <laughs> yeah. Not smart. Not a not a good school bus driver. Wow. Hate to see that. You really do, Phil. Those were those were pretty good. Remember, turn around, don't drown people. Just, I mean, how many times have we shown you guys videos of people driving in the water and then stalling? We never show you videos of them not stalling because it just doesn't happen. So <laughs> don't drive into standing water, people. All right. I, I understand, Greg, you got a weather fully speaking. Yeah. Weather. And, you know, you had mentioned uh, you had mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, hurricane season's wrapping up and now we're moving into winter. Well, uh, we had uh, some nasty weather up here last week, and uh, this video showed up on TikTok. Now, listen, I got to tell you, it's going to be in the show notes. And when it's in the show notes, uh, hopefully you'll be able to listen to this without your kids around. It's <laughs> really funny, but not appropriate <laughs> at all, but hilarious. But what I love about this is the first snowfall every year. You get a little bit of ice on the road. And as you can see, Absolutely. this guy sets up on a corner and he's just he's just waiting for somebody. Oh, here comes the oh, bus. Comes the bus. Oh, oh, the bus is doing wow, he's doing geez. a little uh, a drifting. Oh, oh, this guy's going way too fast. Too fast. Yep. Into a tree. <laughs> oh, 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 into a stop sign. <laughs> this this guy's going pretty good here too. Boom! Hits the ground. <laughs> oh, wow. But it's like we forget, right? Like we forget. Right. It's 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 only a few months ago that the, the winter ended, but we we forget in that first snowfall every year. So I'm sure there'll be lots of these kinds of videos floating around. I love yeah, those people that can't know know where the slick spots always are, and they just camp out, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and watch the people watch them do it. Or or Dina brought up once, I think someone that knew where there was a big pothole in a flood, and every oh. time people would walk over it, they would drop like just sink into the pothole. <laughs> Which reminds me, I've got a good weather fool with some without of those. warning people, without warning people, they just videotape it, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, well, Greg, that was pretty great. Uh, so I understand, Dina, you got one too. Who's your weather fool this week? Yeah, and this one, this one, th I think there's like especially one for sure in here that's not real. But some of these are so funny. It's called People versus Puddles. And oh, I mean, some of these white boxes, right there's down. a lot of potholes. Like there's the potholes. <laughs> oh, that's this is funny real. too. You know, she goes in. Like I don't know how you don't know this pothole. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I laughed at this. I watched it like four times. There's one in here that's totally fake, but um, oh, I only just one. Kick out of it. That only one might have been real. Well, yeah, that, you know, if they're cut, like this one, that one's fake. Yeah, that yeah. that's just a puddle. I don't know what he's doing. But some of these, you know, it reminds me of like the roads in Cleveland <laughs> where I grew up. There's so many 
pot. Oh, this is a good one. He's riding down on his bike. Boom. Flips it over. You know, take take a moment, look at this because it's it it's it's funny. There's there's another ice one. Lots of fools. And you always got the redneck one that falls into the mud. What can you do? Take I love it. No no offense to our redneck fans out there, but yeah. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna make fun of it. That's all I could say. Wow. That's, That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Well, I think uh, I'll wrap us up here with the weather fools for this week. So uh, this isn't necessarily someone doing something stupid. This is just like, why are you filming this? And why are you even here? This is Hurricane Zeta. They're on an oil rig in the middle of the Gulf. And there's waves that are like 20 to 30 feet. It looks like the day after tomorrow. Holy cow. It's insane. I'm just like, why would you even be on that oil rig when a hurricane is barreling down? It's it's, it's shocking. I saw I that. Like I thought they evacuate? said 50. I thought yeah, they said 50 foot Maybe it's 50. Yeah. Those are you. And look, you can even see a wave splashing up water onto the rig. So it's like it's clear that water is coming on. I mean, that's just uh, that's crazy. That looks like uh, something out of that uh, movie, The Perfect Storm. That's how big those yeah. waves yeah. look. Yeah. 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 It's shocking. Pale, trying to go up it's the side shocking, of those. So. Yeah, so so I oh wouldn't be there. Uh, he's probably got a great reason to be there, but I don't know if I would be there uh, watching he was that. Drunk. But maybe, maybe. But all right, well that that about does it for our weather fools this week. If you want to see more information or links to the videos that we showed here on the podcast, uh, check out one hundred episode one hundred seventeen in the show notes section on your favorite podcast app. <laughs> This is the part of the show now. It's fairly relatively new. Potty mouth forecasts. Uh, although I can just listen to some good ACDC. I know, that's good. <laughs> but the potty mouth forecast is where we kind of dig into the what Phil likes to call the dark web. And we find somebody who is just tired of everybody's bullshit. And they just let loose. And this week we have a potty mouth forecast from our favorite Stephanie Abrams, who's actually going to kick off our sixth season in January on our uh, podcast. So, and I love Stephanie. We work together. She's, she is funny and upbeat and she's a great meteorologist, but Phil, you've got that clip, don't you? I do. So we found this, uh, she was doing some uh, live feed from a hurricane. I'm not sure which hurricane this was, but it was a live feed from a hurricane. And you can imagine the words that sometimes can be accidentally sputtered out when you're doing a live feed in an extremely windy situation. So here's what I found. Uh, Take a listen. Stephanie, we're going to begin with you and we can see that you are really being battered right now. We are Kelly and uh, you were talking about wind gusts. I heard you down a little south of me of 124 miles an hour. There was a crew. I haven't had a chance to head down to the beach just yet, but a crew went down there. They got a wind gust of 78.6, and I wouldn't doubt that because we are really having a hard time standing. The roof of the condominium we're staying at continues to get blown off. We're seeing debris (laughs) flying everywhere. Thankfully, my crew is looking out for me while I'm doing these live shots and trying to get debris in our direction. We have seen windows blown out. Power lines are down. (laughs) Woo! And screen doors. That's part of the roof that is headed towards us. I'm not sure if you guys can still hear me, but I had to get out of the shot so that we didn't get 
pit. <laughs> <laughs> so things are just getting really bad here. I'm going to stay out of the shot so that we don't get hit. Watch out, Jim. As the roof continues to fly off this condominium here, comes again. <laughs> We're going to try to move that out of the way so we can get back into the shot here. Oh, oh my so god. Go. Oh man. That was gold. I want to hear her go, and I got an F and P. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. It's so different for the women out there than the men. I'm just gonna say. Oh man. I'm sure. I'm. I'm sure it is. Send me a postcard. Right. Drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. Time to check our mail. All right. Well, Joey Mays uh, joined us at the Blizzard level on Patreon. Oh. And uh, yeah. So thanks, Joey, for that. And uh, he wrote us to say. I love Patreon, especially for the things I enjoy. And I always watch the show, so I'm excited to keep up close to the live recording. Hopefully, I can find time to tune in live now. So, you know, the reason why he loves the show so much is because he was on it. He, he and his wife, well. Joe, the, uh, Joe and Kelly, were on the show last time. Oh. They, do that, they do that minute by minute exactly. twister. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, minute by minute is cool. So. But yeah, thanks, Joey. And of course, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, you can... Yeah. Uh, you can provide comments and or questions by email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're on all of those. So that's our fan thing. Uh, or or, or oh. you can provide just noises like Brady. Yeah. Oh, that was are funny. We, are, we on, are we on TikTok? What do you guys <laughs> Not yet. No. We should be on TikTok. Man. We're a pretty all viral right. group, right? Well, that uh, I think that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. Uh, thanks for listening or watching. Before I go ahead and announce our next guest, which you don't want to miss, uh, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe or to follow the show uh, so you get notified and receive the latest episodes delivered right to your podcast player the moment it gets released. Also, visit patreon.com slash Stormfront Freaks to check out all the ways you can support us and we can do more with you like live access to view our raw recordings and chat with us, uh, monthly virtual happy hours with our freaks and you can even join us uh, uh, and our guests in the green room of our show recordings. So just go ahead and visit uh, patreon.com slash Stormfront Freaks and again thank you uh, for supporting us. I do want to give a shout out again to our special guest tonight, Brad Panovich. Uh, good to finally have Brad on. Uh, uh, been working on that for a while. And then, so here we go. Our next episode, uh, we have another first to the show when Severe Storm Specialist Dr. Greg Forbes joins us. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so our, for our Patreon oh, yeah. members, uh, we'll be recording. Did you go, ah. <laughs> so for our Patreon members, we'll be recording that episode live on Thursday, November 12th at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central with exclusive access to the video two weeks following the show. For everybody else, the episode 118 audio podcast will be edited and up on the 15th. So for MJ, for Maz, Brady, Greg, and Dina, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will catch you guys next time. Come on! Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, 
visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.